1: Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. It is Wednesday afternoon, and we have so much, so much that we're going to be dealing with this afternoon. Our investigative reporter, Mike Dickinson, he is uh, the exclusive investigative reporter for this here show. Every Wednesday afternoon at 335, Mike joins us to uh, examine what uh, those who pretend to be reporters don't actually cover. So... What are we going to be talking about today with Mike? Well, we will get the latest on the uh, Ghazala Hashmi scandal and what appears to be a huge issue telling people she didn't own any real estate, claiming that she lived in an apartment in a district, even though, in fact, she owned a $600,000 home in Midlothian. And, if I understand it correctly, has owned it since 1999. Now, if she's just telling that story to you or telling that story to me, it doesn't matter, right? Who cares? I could tell you today that I uh, I gathered nuts and berries in the forest and had that for lunch. It's a lie, but it, you know, just between us. Now, if you present me with a form that says, well, sign this under the, uh, the penalties and uh, punishments of perjury... Well, that's a different issue, and that seems to be what's happening right now with Ghazala Hashmi. Did she, in fact, lie under oath and commit a felony on her official campaign paperwork? So Mike Dickinson's going to be with us about that and very latest on the porn candidate. Now, I, I understand that uh, Susanna Gibson had paid her clothing back, Age, and I, I don't know if she'll still be doing the uh, the fundraising efforts with uh, with porno videos. I have no idea. But is she still under investigation? Because there are a lot of outstanding issues with her. Once again, Mike, who is the, the only guy, the only guy who's willing to go out and investigate this stuff, is going to be with us. And you can mark calendars every Wednesday at 335. Mike is right here the latest simple as that now other folks who are joining us oh we got a great cast today greg garrett from fox news going to be along at four thirty-five. my dear friend tom leonard from tom leonard's farmers markets will be here at 505 why well apparently you and i may be in for something of a shock when we go and get the necessary ingredients for our thanksgiving festivities and also heading into uh... Hanukkah, Christmas, uh, lots of uh, prices that are oh man, apparently going to uh, just just shock all of us silly. So Tom will be here at five o five, then five thirty five, because I thought, well, what 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 better way to end end on a happy note, a high note, uh, or in this case, a high note. Uh, my friend Dr. Sarah Cran Cement, who heads up the uh, Friendship Circle of Virginia, will be here at five thirty five. We'll talk about the upcoming walk and roll. Uh, one of the uh, the great activities from the Friendship Circle. Open to everybody. And I, I just love chatting with Sarah, so she'll be here at 535. Oh, Monday afternoon, we just confirmed this. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene will be right here. Thank you, Germ. Great, great work. This Monday afternoon, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Ah, oh, I love it. So yesterday was a gigantic, and I do mean gigantic, march in Washington, D.C. 290,000 people showed up to demonstrate their support for Israel. 290,000 people in Washington, D.C. yesterday marching in support of Israel. But there were some folks who didn't get to go to the march, now, there's some folks like me, like Heidi, who said, man, we can't, uh, we can't juggle things to, to get there. I don't mean people like us, because we're, we're just slackers. No, no, I mean people who traveled close to 1,000 people who were on board chartered airline flights to Dulles International Airport. They came from all over America. This, this, there were 1,000 people. And each of these uh, chartered airline companies transporting these 1,000 people from all over America had contracted with a specific bus company in the Washington, D.C. area. And that company was supposed to pick up the 1,000 people at Dulles International Airport and take them to the march. Right? It's, I mean, it's, it's a pretty basic sort of assignment. And I've been fortunate through the years. I, I, I've i taken buses, chartered coaches all over the place. Personally, I love riding the Hound. I really do. I, I, I love riding buses. But I think the last time I did it was uh, a few months ago. There was that uh, bus excursion up to the Museum of the Bible in D.C., for a very special Passover Seder which was fantastic and, and the bus was super comfy and, anyway I'm, I'm talking about that so that's uh, I see the story all right well you got a thousand people that's what 50 people per bus that's a lot of buses did they have enough apparently they did was it going to be comfortable well you're traveling from Dulles you're not going that far you're not going to be able to get right up close to the uh, March sites some folks, I would imagine, just parked really far out, took Metro in. Because say what you will about DC, the Metro's fantastic, and you can get anywhere at any time pretty easily. But the problem with these thousand people is that the bus companies they contracted with—oh, they had the buses. The drivers refused to take people to the march. They refused. To transport Jews. Go ahead and let that sink in. They refused to transport Jewish Americans, American Jews, phrase it any way you want, to the March for Israel. And that was their reason. And there was nothing the bus company could do. They said, you know, we're going to fire you. They said, oh, well, we don't care. You're not really going to fire us because you can't find any drivers. They refused to to take these Jewish people who had traveled from all over America to the rally. Oh, you're Christian, so you think you're being left out? Oh, hang on a second. They also refused to take Christians who had come from major Christian universities around America to march in support of Israel. They refused to transport those Christians. This is an absolutely disgusting story. Appalling anti-Semitism, one one woman wrote. Appalling anti-Semitism is American Jews and their allies fly into D.C. to join the protest against anti-Semitism, only to find the bus drivers refuse to show up in protests of, wait for it, Jews. So more than 900 people were quite literally stranded on the tarmac. Quote, every single one of the employees who refuses to drive buses because Jews were on it should be fired. I agree. Completely. Completely. Here's uh, an announcement on board one of the planes. You ready for this? I'm just going to read it to you. I was going to play it, but the audio is not great. So let me just read it to you. Quote, the buses that were hired to take over 900 participants from Dulles International Airport to the site of the march failed to appear delaying the arrival of many or most in our group. We have learned that this was caused by a deliberate and malicious walk-off of drivers. Fortunately, many were able to travel to the march, and we are grateful to the drivers of those buses that arrived. While we are deeply dismayed by the disgraceful action, our resolve to proudly stand with the people of Israel to to, uh, condemn anti-Semitism and to demand the return of every hostage held by Hamas has never been greater. This has been confirmed by the bus company of their bus drivers and what has happened. The Jewish Federation of Metropolitan Detroit apparently had a couple of plane loads of folks that wanted to uh, be part of this. Rabbi Mike Moskowitz was one of the organizers. He told the Detroit News, quote, What I have heard is that some bus drivers taking passengers from another plane loaded people on their buses, and then the driver walked off the buses and and uh, refused to drive them to the march. Good Lord. Can you imagine? I mean, I I learned years ago. Father John Sarembus was one of my professors at St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia. And uh, he, he always advised us, hey, just replace one group with another or one person with another to find out uh, what the reaction would be. So, in this case, all right, they refused to transport Jews. Pick another group. Drivers walked off the bus because they refused to transport women. You think that's going to happen? Not a chance. They walked off the buses because they refused to transport black people to a march. You think that's going to happen? Absolutely not. But they walked off and said, no, we're not transporting Jews. Oh, and by, by the way, while we're at it, those Christian people from the Christian universities blank them as well. We're not driving them. Well, everything seems fine, right? Even with all of this, 290,000 people showed up and marched on Washington, D.C. to protest against anti-Semitism. Did you, did you hear much in the way of news coverage? Of course not. Did you see much in the way of news coverage? Of course not. I mean, you know the reason. It's because so many of the folks in the legacy news media ranks, quite frankly, are not that much different from these bus drivers. That's the reality of it. All right, look, we got Mike Dickinson coming up at uh, 335, the very latest on this Ghazala Hashmi scandal. It is an absolute scandal. There could possibly be felonies involved. And the very latest on the porn candidates. And uh, does she still face possible investigation and prosecution. Only Mike Dickinson is willing to investigate it, and that's why we have Mike every Wednesday afternoon at 3.35. Coming up at 4.35 from Fox News, Greg Jarrett is going to be here. 5.05 today, my friend Tom Leonard from Tom Leonard's Farmers Market. Why? Well, because if you are going out to get the stuff for Thanksgiving, you're going out and thinking, well, we've got to start planning the Christmas dinner or the the Hanukkah dinner as well. You're going to be rather shocked when you see some of the prices. So Tom will be with us to talk all about that. And then, again, we'll close out today, 535. uh, Dr. Sarah Cran Cement from the Friendship Circle, as we we learn about a way that you and I can support folks in our community, some of whom with uh, special needs and disabilities and extra challenges. But there's a great way coming up, and you'll have fun doing it. Monday afternoon, put it on your calendars right now. You don't want to miss it. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor green it is 316 Jeff Katz News Radio WRVA 322 Jeff Katz News Radio WRVA it is Wednesday afternoon lots of great stuff that we got coming our way if you're like uh, most of us You're uh, thinking about some holiday stuff coming up, right? Next week is Thanksgiving. It's incredible to think as we've gotten there so quickly. Taking a look at this year and going, oh, my gosh, it's almost wrapping up, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I'm excited tomorrow. I mean, it's a crazy day for me tomorrow. I'm just going to fill you in. We got uh, got a couple of hours, I guess. Heidi's got her uh, pre-surgery doctor's appointment. I've got to be there. And uh, she's getting a brand-new shoulder, like the whole thing. She's going to be like the b- the bionic woman. It's incredible. But, uh, yes, yeah, so that's, that's most of the day tomorrow, which not exactly happy. But uh, on the other hand, I'm thinking, well, maybe it is happy. Right? She's not going to be in pain. Her arm's going to work.
2: Call from mom. Answer it.
3: Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. I always get nervous when people are going into surgery. And I know that we've, we've made such great advances and what have you, but uh, I, I still just, I don't know. So that's tomorrow during the day. And uh, then when we're done with that, and we've got the whole day planned out. Then after we're done with that, we're heading over to uh, Tom Leonard's Farmer's Market to do our Thanksgiving purchases, you know, to get the stuff we need for Thanksgiving. But the best part tomorrow Around six o'clock or so, you know who's coming home? My little guy, Joe, is is coming home tomorrow. First time he's been home since uh... since August when we took him up to uh... to college. So I'm excited. I haven't haven't seen him in person since then. We've done some of the you know like WhatsApp kind of stuff, but but this will be great. I'm just I'm I'm so excited about that. I really am. I, there's just a little part of me. That I'm like God. I can't wait. For him to come home. It also means I gotta clean up his room, which is a pain because since he went away, Heidi and I looked at each other and went, Oh, we can spread out a little bit, can't we? (laughs) So I I've got all sorts of paperwork and stuff in in Joe's room, and I found that his bed, which is a delightful bed, is just perfect for oh, you know, reading a book or listening to a podcast and dozing off. But anyway, that'll be uh tomorrow. So I'm I'm excited. If I seem a little distracted tomorrow, uh, I apologize in advance, but I'm already uh, eagerly awaiting his return. Coming up at 3:35, uh, Mike Dickinson with the very latest on uh, Ghazala Hashmi and the Porn Candidate. Don't forget about that. And don't forget about John Reed. First thing tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Nobody better than my friend John Reed in the mornings. Please join me in listening to him. 3:26, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. FKX, News Radio W R V A. Did anybody notice? Was Ralph Northam in blackface or wearing a clan hood when he endorsed Abigail Spamberg? You think Mrs. Northam told him not to, uh well, maybe. Yeah, we you better leave that uh, just to, you know, leave it packed up there, would you please, Ralph? Don't do that. Remember that question? You do remember that, right? Blackface or clan hood? And then he wanted to show us how he could moonwalk. And then, well, his wife, who just has to be mortified every time she looks at that uh, nitwit, she got him to shut up. You remember that, right? Yeah, Yeah, well, anyway. All right, listen, there are scandals that are enveloping Virginia Democrats, even as they are positioning themselves, posturing as big-time winners from last week's election. The the fact of the matter is, when you look at the numbers, uh, you're talking about uh, very, 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 very tiny numbers of votes. And it was an eminently winnable contest all around the state. But all of that aside, there are two big ones. Uh, The porn candidates in Henrico and Ghazala Hashmi, who... Well, she may or may not live in the district she's been elected to represent in the state Senate. And unlike Congress, where you can live fundamentally where you want, the Virginia State Senate, the Virginia State House of Delegates says, you've got to live in the district you represent. Now, the only guy who's willing to go out and, and do the hard work, do the actual investigative journalism... Uh, is Mike Dickinson. And Mike has been with us uh, one way or another for just about 11 years since uh, since I started on this little show, and I'm just so proud that Mike is now joining us every Wednesday afternoon, 335. That's his time, and uh, he's given us the full reports. Mike, thank you for being here, sir.
4: It's always great to be on your show. It's It's like somebody said, you can't cook a turkey in cold grease, so we try to heat the grease up here.
1: <laughs> well, uh, it, it is getting hot. There's no doubt about that. Uh, let's Well, you know, let's start with hot and bothered, and then we'll move on to Gazala Hashmi. Hot and bothered, the porn candidate over in Henrico, who she lost the election, but that may be the smallest of her troubles, right?
4: Yes. I spoke this morning to an investigator in the Louisa County Sheriff's Office who said and confirmed to me that the investigation is still ongoing about the, the, notary, the notary problem and the weird, and the I, I think it's a fake signature. Mm-hmm. It's just someone wrote a, wrote a, wrote a check mark. Yeah. But that investigation is still ongoing. Just because she lost doesn't mean that she can walk away from the potential felony.
1: Right. Okay, so according to the Louisa County Sheriff's Office, uh, as of uh, this morning, that investigation is still open and ongoing.
4: Yes, it's not been closed yet. I don't know what they're investigating. It's taken them so long, but I think they time, So um, we're going to see what happens, but they are still investigating. So we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully it results in somebody being charged.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, well, well fair enough. That's going to be a, a fascinating uh, situation. And uh, that was one of those things. I want people to see the paperwork. You have that on your social media accounts. And for folks who maybe are not following you yet, they want to see the paperwork. Where do they, where do they see that, Mike?
4: They can go to X, formerly known as Twitter, Mike d for rva And yes, we have to put the paperwork out there because the way that it works with the Democrats is they try to just gloss over issues. And you have to put the paperwork online so people can – you have to put it right in their face mm-hmm. for, them to even acknowledge, for them to even acknowledge that there's a problem. Yep. If it's not right shoved in their face, they won't even talk about it or even consider it a, to be a problem.
1: Well, and you know what, Mike, part of that is they get uh, they get aid and comfort from so many and so many newsrooms that uh, they just figure, look, it's not going to be a story. But uh, fortunately, you're you're on the case. So let's turn our attention now to Ghazala Hashmi, because there are a lot of questions right now uh, about her paperwork and where does she live? Bring us up to speed.
4: So Senator Hashmi, there's some big issues. There's this, the story first broke. Uh, the 4th Congressional uh, Republican Committee, they issued a press release like a day before the election. It didn't really do much. It just alleged that some voters said that she didn't live where she said she did. And there was some substantiation to that because uh, four of those voters have now filed suit in Chesterfield County Court. And they've got logs and records saying that they saw, saw her car coming and going in the morning, in the evening. They saw her around the house. And that's all good. That, that might result in something. I took the paperwork route because I like to have factual stuff that you can point to and say, there's a felony. Right. And I found, we, we pulled Hashmi's paperwork, and all this is done on, under, under penalty of, of a felony. It's a felony if you lie on your paperwork. She listed her primary residence as an apartment over in the boulders, small little apartment complex, kind of weird for a lady that's worth or list being worth half a million dollars to live in the boulders, but, hey, to Mm -hmm. each their own. Maybe she wants to live around a bunch of families, and she's an older lady with a bunch of money. Then you go and look at her financial statement of financial interest statement, which is also done, and she signed it under penalty of a felony, and it says that she nor any immediate family member own any real estate, real property over $5,000. She checked no. Tax records in Chesterfield disagree. Tax records in Chesterfield show that she and her husband own a home in the Powder Powderham, Powder, Powderham neighborhood. But so they've owned a home over there for close to 20 years. And it's worth $600,000. But that's, she negated to disclose that on her paperwork filing, which is a felony.
1: Wow. Okay, so I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt, Mike. I really do. I would like to think uh could be could be an innocent mistake, right? Is is it possible that that is simply uh an oversight. She she forgot she owned more than $5,000 in real estate.
4: I never if I owned a house that was worth over $500,000, I
1: wouldn't forget it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, And I don't understand,
4: I mean, you know, and and if she is if she's someone that's making the laws of the state of Virginia and she can't figure out how to fill out the form. She really shouldn't be making the laws of the state of Virginia if she lacks that level of
1: detailed comprehension. Right. Now, it, I would also, boy, I'm I'm going to sound like I'm I'm all of a sudden in the Gazala Hashmi camp and you know that's not true, but I'm thinking, <laughs> well, what if she were a new candidate? You know, maybe she didn't understand it, but once again, she's done this before. She's run before successfully.
4: She's done it before, and I don't understand how she can't understand it because the question clearly says, do you or an immediate family member own over $5,000 of real property? Check yes, check no. It's very simple. It's not lawyer language. It's very simple, and she checked no. Wow.
1: Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Now, let, let's put that one off to the side. And you say the penalty for that, that that's a felony?
4: It's a Class 5 felony, punishable. Um, it's punishable by a Class 5 felony. And this morning I spoke to somebody in the Chesterfield County Commonwealth Attorney's Office who told me that they would be very surprised if the Attorney General didn't prosecute this case in Chesterfield.
1: Wow. Okay. So, so the pro the prosecution for this would come from Jason Meari's, the the attorney general's office.
4: Yes, unless he decided to not prosecute it and send it back to the county, but it would come from his office initially.
1: Wow. Okay. Uh, and the Chesterfield County Commonwealth's Attorney, you say that would that would be the jurisdiction because um, this is all allegedly happening in in Chesterfield County.
4: Yes, that's correct. Um,
1: Okay, do we have by we, do you have any time frame from any of these folks on how quickly they are supposed to act?
4: They that's one thing the long arm of the law doesn't do is is move on anybody's timeline. They Yeah. They they dot everybody, they dot every T, they dot every I. Due process is a pain sometimes, but mm-hmm. um you know, you have to give. That's what we have in America. So I imagine it will happen. I just don't know when, but I have it on very good authority that it's it's going to happen.
1: Wow. Okay. Any indication from uh, Ghazala Hashmi or the Virginia Democrats that they, they, they see this for the problem it is and, and they're going to deal with it? I think they've been
4: watching too much of the Brady Bunch on TV because their major play right now is to yell, MAGA, 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 just like Jan Brady used to yell, Marsha Marsha Marsha. <laughs> All Hashmi can do, all Hashmi could do was put a little tweet on X and say, it's because of the MAGA, it's because of the MAGA, 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 MAGA. I mean, she sounds like somebody that's just looking to blame everybody else for her own criminal behavior.
1: Wow. All right. So so this is, <laughs> according to Hashmi, according, I guess, to the the Virginia, the, well, let me rephrase that. Did the Virginia Democrats weigh in on this? Um, everyone,
4: Scott Servo, the new the new majority leader, he he spoke, he he's tweeted in support of Hashmi, uh, Mamie Locke, who's also in the leadership, has tweeted in support of Hashmi, and they all want to blame it's all MAGA, it's all MAGA, election deniers, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. but they just want to be Jan Brady and yell MAGA, MAGA, MAGO.
1: Oh, my gosh, that is, it's just amazing that uh, that any of this is 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 where it is. You know, uh, I wonder, Mamie Locke, Scott Serval, the rest of the usual suspects at the Virginia Democrats, uh, if this were not a sitting member of the state Senate, um, what do you think? Would would somebody who are not who is not a Democrat, not a not a senator, you think they already would have been called on this? Yes, without a doubt.
4: I tweeted Mike Jones. Mike Jones is the crazy socialist city councilman in, in Richmond who's now a delegate in the state of Virginia. or He's going to be a delegate. I tweeted at him last night because he's a big, you know, criminal justice, uh, criminal advocate, BLM, et cetera, et cetera. I said I tweeted at him and I asked him the question. Maybe he's listening now. Maybe Mike Jones is listening now and wants to mm-hmm. respond. If it was a if it was a poor person or a poor person. Or a black person in the city of Richmond that had mm-hmm. forgery charges or fraud charges levied against them, they'd have been arrested already. They wouldn't have been using their wealth and position to try to get away with it like, like Senator Hashmi is. And that's what she's doing. She is using all the stuff that Democrats talk about being against, you know, using wealth and position and all this stuff to get away with something. She's doing that, and they're not calling her
1: on it. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Well, listen, I want you to stay on top of that, obviously, and we'll talk next week. These are the two big matters that uh, you're continuing to follow and investigate. Is there anything else in the offing that maybe you can give us a little uh, sneak peek on? Are you hearing anything?
4: Well, I I put in a Freedom of Information Act request today for Shannon Taylor's emails about Susanna Gibson and Jimmy Lee Jarvis to see if there's any kind of insider trading going on over there. And I submitted a FOIA request for her financials and her paperwork. Just you know, if she wants to be this big, outspoken leader and possibly mm-hmm. run for attorney general. We need to know, you know, what her net worth is. Where,
1: you know, we need to know all about her and
4: what she's up to. And if she Absolutely. filled out her paperwork correctly.
1: Absolutely. Well, Mike, uh, again, I, I admire the work that you're doing. This is the sort of investigative journalism we, we, we used to see. We don't really see it anymore. We've got Andy No, I think on a, on a national stage. You are absolutely, uh, doing central Virginia like nobody's business. But in addition to that, I know that uh, folks like Luke Rosiak and uh, they're, they're picking up your stuff as well. So, my hat is off to you for for the hard work, and I am I'm just so thrilled, so excited that you are now uh, uh, with us on a regular basis every Wednesday afternoon. I really do appreciate it.
4: I couldn't be happier. Thank you so much. Mm.
1: Tell everybody about the social media handles one more time, Michael. We want people following you.
4: Mike D for RVA on X, formerly known as Twitter, on Facebook. The real Mike Dickinson. It's always something exciting. I stir it up with people. You can't cook in cold grease. Remember that it's Thanksgiving. You got to have. You got to. You got to get the grease nice and, and hot to cook your turkey.
1: I love it, man. Well, we got a couple of turkeys lined up. You get the uh, the grease uh, <laughs> working. I guess we'll we'll be doing it. Thank you, Mike. That is Mike Dickinson again. Mike joins us every Wednesday afternoon, three thirty-five. There's just nobody covering this stuff. Like Mike does, uh, just the best. Uh, Greg Jarrett from Fox News is joining us at four thirty-five. Don't forget Monday afternoon, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRB. 352 Jeff Gantz News Radio WRVA It is a Wednesday afternoon 4:35 uh, this afternoon Greg Jarrett from Fox News is going to be along really looking forward uh to chatting with him I mean he's a brilliant guy does tremendous legal analysis and he's got a it's got a brand new book out, which I think would be great for, uh, for a few people on your, your Hanukkah list or your Christmas list, really, uh, about the Constitution and where we are and, and is it safe and sound and secure. I, I don't know. We'll talk with Greg about that. Monday afternoon, we have Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene will be with us on monday mike and bottoms bridge texts he says jeff it's the same old same old concerning hash me rules for thee but not for me double standard really ticks me off jeff where is attorney general jason miyari's enforce the damn laws if they broke a law they should be charged okay well uh, let's let's give the Attorney General a little bit of time. You know, Just uh, it just happened. We just became aware of it anyway. And uh, thanks again to Mike Dickinson for the uh, reporting on that. You know what's interesting? Is on this matter, uh, Mike Dickinson and Hayden Fisher, who, honest to goodness, cannot stand each other. <laughs> uh, they, they really don't. They don't like each other, but they are on the same side on this one. And uh, it's a big big story and I I can promise you neither that story nor any other story will lead me to stop talking and even if you have somebody yelling at you to shut up uh, I can assure you that's not gonna happen we are absolutely absolutely going to continue covering this. A buddy of mine says, Jeff, you know, there really shouldn't be any statute of limitations on felonies. Hopefully they'll wait until January 2024 uh, to handle this. Yeah, uh, well, uh, the Attorney General the Attorney General must look into this. That's what I'm being told by everybody. I'm not an attorney, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know exactly how the law functions, but... If it's up to the attorney general, it's up to the attorney general, and I think Jason miyari's absolutely will look into this. If it's up to the Commonwealth's attorney, well, we'll see. I don't, I don't know which way that would go. Now, uh, after January 2024, perhaps goes in a different direction. Uh, Three fifty-seven, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. 404, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is a Wednesday afternoon. Greg Jarrett from Fox News is going to be along in a half an hour. Monday afternoon, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Great stuff that uh, you and I are going to be dealing with, no doubt about that. Can I take a moment of uh, personal privilege and just wish a very happy birthday to our pal Matt DeNardo? over at uh, 8 news I, I have no idea how old Matt is I just know that he's a he's a rock-solid dude and uh, somebody that uh, does great stuff in our community great stuff in our community so uh, very very happy birthday to uh, Matt DeNardo, over at uh, 8 news ABC 8 alright uh, there's a story that I thought was kind of interesting That uh, you you probably have not heard about or read about. Uh, It it was actually on PBS. So, you know, let's not kid ourselves. There weren't that many people watching. But they, well, they were talking about birth control and, and the various ways that birth control could be handled. Okay, well, it's actually a legitimate topic, right? variety of ways this medication their 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 items okay no problem with that but they were also talking about of course abortion because they're uber leftists and well you know they do but they had a really uh, bizarre comments they 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 said you know uh, birth control shouldn't just fall to people w- with uteruses. And I thought, wow, people with uteruses. I don't even know if that's the proper plural. Would it be uteri? I, d- I, I don't know. I don't know. But that's a, th- those are a lot of words, people with uteruses, when, in fact, in English anyway, there's one word that would suffice, women. Right. You could say women and then you would cover all the people with uteruses. But anyway, uh, take a listen to cut number one, would you?
0: I spoke to a doctor, Dr. Eskar Garin, also known as Dr. G, who has a mobile clinic in Iowa. He came from Iowa to St. Louis to help with the um, with vasectomy patients last week. And he tells me even in his state where he is with his mobile clinic, he drives all over the state in order to bring access to people not only looking for the procedure in his state, but people coming from out of state to get it as well.
5: So normally I was doing not that many, 40, 45 vasectomies uh, in a month. And then within the first 48 hours, 20 people signed up. And we saw a bump of 100% in the number of vasectomies that we did in July of 2022. And that trend continued for three more months. And uh, eventually it kind of came down. But at this moment, ever since the Roe v. Wade was overturned, I can tell you that we have not gone back to the pre doves decision numbers. Uh, So I can tell you that at least for our clinic, a 30 to 50 percent overall increase in the numbers uh, we've noticed since then. So it was a big
1: impact. Mm, Yeah. Now, uh, vasectomies are vasectomies. I mean, they are what they are. And, you know, I, I don't have any problem. Get one. Don't get one purely your business but what just hit me was all of the positioning this as a dual responsibility I thought well I I agree with that I agree with that completely Uh, both the man and the woman involved in this activity ought to be protecting themselves and each other But what just bothered me to no end were these bizarre hoops and loops that these folks were tying themselves into as they talked about, again, people with uteruses. Wow. Okay. I do want to uh, share with you a couple of things uh, relative to our friends over there at uh, Hamas NBC. And uh, it's it's just getting so twisted and so ugly. I mean, really, really ugly. the 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 latent anti-Semitism is there. Anti-Semitism that had been well hidden in the past is now absolutely coming to the top. And it's evidencing itself as folks like Andrea Mitchell. Are making arguments on behalf of Hamas say what you will about anyone and you have to understand or try to understand that there are people with whom you will disagree right we all know that we all know that different way to look at an issue, different way to look at the role of government, different way to look at the role of the dreaded private sector, whatever it is. But when you find yourself advocating for a terrorist group, you got a problem. And and I would dare say that Andrea Mitchell right now He's got a problem. This is a leftover, uh, Germ. If you don't mind, uh, the 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 leftover uh, Mert Mitchell and Kirby, please from MSNBC.
3: I know you don't want to talk about intelligence, but I do have reporting also that there is some concern and some pressure from the administration on Israel to produce more evidence about what they say is going on under the hospitals.
6: Yeah, I'm not going to talk about our diplomatic conversations with our Israeli counterparts, and I'm certainly not going to get into matters of intelligence. Uh, I would just say what I said before. It's open source reporting. I mean, it's out, it's, it's public in the public domain that uh, this is a tactic by Hamas. Uh, They do headquarter themselves in places of civilian infrastructure, whether that's schools or, or government buildings or uh, hospitals, certainly tunneling under homes. Uh, They deliberately try to peep place the people of Gaza, innocent Palestinians, between them and the Israeli defense forces. Because they know uh, that the burden is on the Israeli defense forces to try to preserve uh, and protect civilian life. They know that, and, they, and, they're, and they're deliberately putting these people at harm's way. I mean, we talk about the law of war, law of armed conflict, and I've heard people talk about war crimes. It is against the law of armed conflict to do exactly what Hamas is doing, tunneling and creating uh, human shields
3: out of the innocent people of Gaza. No, and just to be clear, to, just to be clear, I understand that they've done that before. There's a lot of assumptions being made here, but I know at least that you don't have independent corroboration about these specific instances. But I understand well, you're not going to talk about intel. Yeah,
6: again, I'm going to be careful about what I say uh, around intelligence here. But again, it's it's common knowledge that this is a tactic for Hamas. They do this. They have done Understood. this for many, many years.
1: So Andrea Mitchell would like you to know she doesn't have personal confirmation. There's been nobody from MSNBC who has been able to go into those tunnels. There's been nobody from MSNBC who can independently confirm that Hamas is using children as human shields. She's advocating for Hamas. Now You and I may disagree with uh, Admiral Kirby on a lot of stuff. I know I do. But my hat is off to Admiral Kirby for standing up and calling her out on her nonsense. And this is why I remind you, I watch MSNBC so that you don't have to. It's okay. You're welcome. But that's the sort of stuff that's going on out there. It's insanity. It is absolute insanity coming up at 4:35 uh, Greg Jarrett from uh, Fox News is going to be here. My buddy Tom Leonard's dropping by at 5:05 from Tom Leonard's Farmers Market cuz I just have been uh, uh received a barrage of email releases talking about the increased costs for Thanksgiving and for Christmas and Tom is um, going to give us the news, give us the details. Uh, I don't think it's going to be good news, but it'll it'll still be fun to chat with Tom. We'll do that at five oh five. Doctor Sarah Cran from the Friendship Circle. Great opportunity for folks in Central Virginia uh, to really step up to the plate. We got the uh, the walk and roll coming up, and so we'll chat with uh, Doctor Sarah Cran at five thirty five. Hopefully, get some folks involved in the walk and roll with the Friendship Circle, and again Monday afternoon congresswoman marjorie taylor green first thing tomorrow morning my friend john reed's going to be here please, please 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 make sure that you are here listening to john starting at 6 a.m. it is 414 jeff katz news radio wrva Four twenty. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. It is uh, Wednesday afternoon. Look, we got uh, cold weather this evening. There's no doubt about it. We're going to be down around freezing. But I-, I got some great news for you tomorrow and Friday. 7072. Ah! I love that. I really do. I absolutely, positively love that. That is fantastic. Quick reminder about the text line 833 804 1140. 833 804 804 1140 let me share with you uh, another another little uh, piece of audio that you absolutely need to hear uh, it's and it it is disturbing and once again once again it involves Andrea Mitchell over at MSNBC her Coverage. I, I, it's the only way I can uh, describe it in, in a nice way. I mean, it's propaganda at this point that she's engaging in. She is is spewing forth so many Hamas talking points that uh, it's just become an absolutely thoroughly ugly, disgusting thing. Now, Again, it's MSNBC, so frankly nobody knows about it except for me because I watch MSNBC so that you don't have to. It's okay. You're welcome. Take a listen. Cut number two.
7: We have opened a safe passage from Shiva from the first day, and Hamas was shooting people outside and not providing the safe passage. We're talking about electricity and fuel and incubators. Underneath Shiva Hospital, there's a whole nerve center of a terrorist base, which is bigger than the New York subway. Now, what's fueling that? They've got, according to our intelligence, months of fuel down there, months of food and months of water. And so essentially, we're protecting this citizens more than they're protecting their own citizens that's what the world should be outraged about we can always have these image olympics and one image is worse than the next i'm not justifying anything but we are in a war there's a difference between war which is ugly and war crimes which is purposefully going for innocent citizens
1: (gasps) well now of course that's not Andrea mitchell that's that's someone from israel that's someone from The Israeli government saying, hey, listen, Andrea, just so we're clear what you're reporting to people, what you're telling people, it's not true. She calls her out right on her own show. You've got to see the image of Andrea Mitchell and her face. I mean, it just freezes. And there is more to that. I'm going to share more of that with you just a couple of moments from now. All right. Just so you're clear. There's more. Yesterday. 290,000 people showed up in Washington, D.C. They traveled from all over America. Frankly, they traveled from all over North America that I'm aware of. They may have traveled from outside our continent as well. That I don't know. But I know throughout the United States, from Canada and from Mexico, there were people who traveled to Washington, D.C. to stand up against anti-Semitism. And frankly, it was a thing of beauty even with the bus drivers who said, oh, we're not driving the Jews. We're not driving the Jews. This is a very bizarre situation right now with all that's happening. Frankly, it's uniting a lot of Jews. A lot of Jewish people who disagree on pretty much
0: everything, whether it's After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward.
1: Political or, or, or sports allegiances or, or, I don't know, preferring one-level homes over two-level homes or, or this car over that car. All of a sudden, there are people uniting and saying, we got to put all that stuff aside. we got to put it aside. We know you hate our candidate. Hey, guess what? We hate your candidate. But in the meantime, let's be clear on what the threats are. Let's be clear on what we're seeing play out in front of us. We're hearing people who are happily chanting, gas the Jews. We are hearing people say, "Uh, Hitler didn't get enough of you. Oh, Hitler should have finished the job. We'll finish the job that Hitler started. They're saying it. They're ripping down posters of babies that have been kidnapped. Make no mistake about it. We are in a very, very dangerous time. Very dangerous time. My friend John Reed, I know we'll be talking about this and so much else tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. You don't ever want to miss John's show. I always get there right at the beginning, man, because it's just great stuff. And coming up at uh, 435 from Fox News, Greg Jarrett is going to be with us just a couple of minutes from now. It's 425 Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. 436, Jeff Gass, News Radio, WRBA. It is a Wednesday afternoon. We have so much that we are dealing with. And and you hear people on a regular basis say, well, that's not constitutional. Or, you should know what the Constitution says. Let me tell you something. This amazing nation of ours was founded on... Uh, so many beautifully written carefully constructed documents and i just don't think we pay enough attention i don't think schools are doing the best job educating folks on the various and sundry writings i'm thrilled to tell you that greg jarrett a legal analyst at fox news has a brand new book out it's it's a beautiful beautiful read and greg's with us greg thank you for being here
5: oh listen jeff always good talking to you thanks for having me on
1: Yeah, the pleasure is mine, man. I got to tell you something. When I first saw that you were doing a book, quote, uh, this is what I heard about the Constitution. I thought, ah, it's going to be all political. It'll be this, it'll be that. And in fact, what you do, because you're such a brilliant guy, you just dive right into the heart of that and and all of this other beautiful writing that, that has helped to shape our country.
5: Yeah, you know, it's not about me or my opinions or views. It's about the people who wrote these esteemed documents, the the great American patriots. Those documents are uh, represented in full in my book, uh, and this really is a tribute to the patriots who made America great. This luminous beacon of hope for liberty, prosperity, and justice throughout the world. And, you know, you can read our nation's most important documents, speeches, and letters over the course of of two centuries, many of which changed the course of history, these inspiring words and galvanizing ideas. They shaped America and our virtues, our aspirations, our ideals.
1: Oh, it's, oh my gosh, it's so well stated by you, Greg, and you're, I'm telling you, I know you don't want to take any credit for this, but but your commentary, your insight on these things is also so valuable. Let's start with the, with the star of the show here, the Constitution. We, we hear people kicking around, oh, that can't be constitutional, this can't be constitutional. This was something that was crafted after, to put it mildly, some, some pretty involved debate.
5: Oh, it absolutely was. Uh, It was not an easy thing to do. And, you know, Ben Franklin, as I point out in my book, had sober misgivings about the Constitution. Um, Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, John Jay decided uh, in a brilliant move to pen a set of essays that became known eventually as the Federalist Papers, And they were so powerful, and they were so abundantly clear in explaining the Constitution and and how it really embraces the fabric of American freedom that uh, the Constitution uh, passed in, in the necessary states. But, you know, they also acknowledge the flaws in our system. Madison wrote, that which is the least imperfect is therefore the best government. And so you'll find all of that in the book. I don't reprint all of the Federalist Papers, but I edited it down to its very essence, but I changed no words.
1: The Federalist Papers, I think, are always inspiring, although I must tell you that I, I also enjoyed uh, tiptoeing through the Anti-Federalist Papers throughout the years, because there are one or two points there that uh, yes. uh, seem to have come to the top, right? Yeah,
5: absolutely, and a lot of the fears expressed in those anti-papers have come to fruition. Now, of course, you know, America has engaged in course correction over two centuries to fix the problems that were endemic in the system created by our founders. Um, And one of the things I find so intriguing when you read through these papers is that The leaders were so prescient. John Adams warned that unscrupulous men in power, if left unchecked, would become, in his words, ravenous beasts of prey, destroying our government. And, you know, Jeff, hasn't that happened? I mean, we we watched as the Department of Justice, the FBI, intelligence agencies, weaponized their power. These are unelected bureaucrats to bring down an elected president, Donald Trump, by conjuring up the That's Russia right. hoax. And, you know, George Washington openly warned about political parties, how fractious and divisive they they were, and how they would undermine freedom he counseled against them, sadly, to no avail. But you'll mm-hmm. find all of that in my new book.
1: You do indeed. I want to remind everybody the, uh, the title of the book. You know, it's what, it's light reading. The Constitution of the United States and other patriotic documents. I'll tell you, Greg Jarrett, who's joining us, the, uh, the legal analyst over at Fox News. Uh, Greg, I have suggested it already to my listeners as a, as a perfect gift for, for Christmas, for Hanukkah, uh, anybody that uh, cares about our country. But you don't stop at the Constitution. You don't stop with the Federalist Papers. Uh, you truly have patriotic documents, and from fr- from a wide swath of people, Frederick Douglass as well as Susan B. Anthony. Uh, what did you take from uh, Frederick Douglass's address uh, in Ray the uh, the Dred Scott decision?
5: Well, Frederick. Douglas has always been on my list of heroes. You know, an, uh, an escaped slave, abolitionist icon. He became a confidant of Abe Lincoln, and you will read his powerful lament on the hypocrisy of American slavery. He argues We the people does not mean we the white people, and he deplored the cruelty, the deprivation. Uh, that, as he wrote, uh, rendered four million of our fellow countrymen in chains sold on the auction block with horses, sheep, and swine. His powerful words um, helped Abraham Lincoln and helped change public opinion. Uh, so he's truly a hero. But the women who pushed the suffrage movement, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, Victoria Woodhull, Susan B. Anthony, you can read their compelling words as well.
1: Well, talk a little bit about Susan B. Anthony because I've got to tell you, there's so much of this, Greg, that uh, I, I, I've got. I got two boys who are in college now. I I don't know that either one of them, sadly, would know all that much about Frederick Douglass or Susan B. Anthony. It's been reduced to couple of lines in a, in a history book at some point, and, and I think Susan B. Anthony has been lost. She, she, she talks about this idea uh, of how it could possibly be that we who are American citizens are not allowed to vote. It's powerful stuff.
5: Yeah, it really is. She was indicted criminally for casting a ballot in a presidential election. And so in, in public speaking engagements, she posed the question, is it a crime for a citizen of the United States to vote? <laughs> you know, and the answer should be obvious to anyone, even back then. And it yeah. eventually uh, garnered enough support uh, for an amendment to be passed, giving women the right to vote. But they had a long way to go, and I trace that in my book uh, for economic opportunity uh opportunity and everything from from housing and finance uh to economics and you know they're still fighting today and the battle is is not over.
1: That's right. That's right. Greg Jarrett is joining us. Greg is uh what are you officially the legal analyst at Fox News, but man, you're on about all sorts of stuff and you know everything and uh I I'm wondering (laughs) what your sense is given well the present president's comments on Russia and Ukraine and the Middle East, those are wars. Stack it up against uh, FDR's fireside chat, because you, you mentioned that in this book as well.
5: Yeah, look, uh, there, there is this book has no political agenda. No. Um, it has essential conservative documents. It has liberal ones. The book, at its heart, is philosophically patriotic. Um, but I picked people who had an impact through their words. Uh, written words, spoken word, and and to be sure, Joe Biden ain't in it. Um, you know, I, we have had so many people possessed of uncommon eloquence, and how blessed are we to have had such extraordinary leaders who steeled our resolve for independence, self-determination, uh, forming this new government by the people and for the people, and Uh, You know, the people who followed over two centuries, they ably guided us through grave threats and challenges. And, and, you know, you read about uh, Franklin Roosevelt's fireside chats and, you know, addressing the nation's immense suffering and the Great Depression. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Um, And, you know, he delivered the famous... Uh, a date which will live in infamy address before Congress when America was attacked. Uh, He vowed that the American people in their righteous might will win through to absolute victory. These are such memorable words with great meaning. So Roosevelt is featured prominently in there. So is Ronald Reagan. Yes. Uh, who is also on my at the top of my list of admired people for his leadership, his authenticity, his convictions, and he too transformed America in a very positive way. There are four of his speeches in the book.
1: I tell you what, Greg, if you can squeeze us in, I want to get you back at some point just to talk about those four speeches because you're right; they are transformative. Was there one thing in all of this, in these thousands and thousands of words that you reviewed and analyzed and wrote about? Was there one thing that you, at the end of the day, said, "Wow, I just, I just never thought about that, or saw that, or heard that before"?
5: You know, I, I knew of it, but I'd never read it. And the, the answer would be uh, Albert Einstein's secret letter to Franklin Roosevelt, warning him that the Nazis were attempting to develop a new frighteningly powerful weapon, uh, an atomic bomb. And his alarm triggered the covert operation by the U.S. to build its own weapon in the highly classified Manhattan Project. It's a short letter from Einstein to Roosevelt. But my goodness, what an impact it has had on the world
1: the idea that you could peek at a little note from Einstein to Roosevelt I mean it just uh, it, it it gets me a little a little excited but the 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 content of course is just uh, so so powerful If it's okay with you, I'd like to put your your new book. It's called The Constitution of the United States and Other Patriotic Documents. Uh, Greg Jarrett from Fox News has uh, put it all together. It's brilliant. Is it okay if we put it up in uh, the Jeff Katz Book Club on my website?
5: Oh, listen, I would be absolutely honored, Jeff. Thank you very much for offering.
1: Absolutely. So we're going to get it up there. I want to help you sell some books for, for Hanukkah, for Christmas. What do you think is the best way for folks to get it?
5: You know, um, you can walk in any bookstore nationwide. It came out on Tuesday, uh, just yesterday. Uh, you can uh, do what I do oftentimes, order it online. You yep. can go to my publisher, uh, HarperCollins.com. You just go to Amazon.com, uh, and you can order it and have it delivered.
1: All right, I'm going to ask one favor of you, uh, and that is that I would love to add it to my actual bookcase here. i got to figure out a way to get you a copy so you can sign it for me. Would you be willing to do that? Yes. Yeah.
5: I'd be more than happy to do that for you, Jeff.
1: I love it. Greg, thank you for being here. I'm looking forward to chatting with you again in the, in the near future. we got to get out there and get people to read these documents. They are so vital. It's a great book. I know that the vast majority of the writing was done by others, but make no mistake, Greg, your words, your analysis, your insight, absolutely prescient and priceless. And uh, I just really, really appreciate you making some time for us.
5: Thanks so much, Jeff. Appreciate it.
1: I'll come back any time. Thank you my friend. That is Greg Jarrett from Fox News. 449 Jeff Katz News Radio WRBA. Jeff Katz News Radio WRBA Wednesday afternoon. So Greg Jarrett is going to be back with us. We're just getting some of those uh, times and dates and things locked in, which is great. It's not just the book, by the way. Although it's a great book. Uh, It's his expert analysis and uh, everything that he's doing today, yesterday, and tomorrow over at uh, Fox News. So thanks again to Greg Jarrett, and we will look forward to getting him back on the show very, very soon. Monday afternoon, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to be here, and that's going to be a very interesting conversation. No doubt about it. I think that's going to be great. By the way, some news breaking, which I find interesting. Uh, State Senator-elect John McGuire has announced he's running for Congress, and he's going to be challenging Congressman Bob Good, guessing a primary in this 5th Congressional District. It's going to be quite interesting. It really is going to be quite, quite interesting. Interesting to see how that plays out. I'll, I'll get both of those guys on the air. We'll talk about what's coming up uh, in that regard. You know, that was uh, the Denver Riggleman district, and uh, Bob Good beat him a couple of years back. And uh, there's talk that Denver Riggleman is actually going to be running for governor. Apparently, some uh, Riggleman for governor websites have been reserved. Over on the Democrat side, you've got Abigail Spamberger and LeVar Stoney saying they're going to be running. Uh, the Republican side, well, you got two leading candidates right now. You know it and I know it Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears and Attorney General Jason Miyares. Uh, we, we don't know. We don't know, but, uh, it's, it's going to be underway hot and heavy. You know who's covering that already. Is my friend John Reed, first thing in the morning, 6 a.m. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you're here for John. Hey, coming up at 505, really, really dear friend of mine, Tom Leonard from Tom Leonard's Farmer's Market. Uh, you and I apparently are in for a major shock on the price of Thanksgiving goodies and Christmas dinners. Uh, Tom will give us the details at 505. It is 456, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. News Radio WRVA Wednesday evening. We have so much that we've been dealing with. Thanks again to Greg Jarrett from uh, Fox News for dropping by earlier in the day. He's going to be back with us uh, another week or two, a couple of weeks. Uh, get him in here as we uh, really get the election season on the national stage up and running. Uh, this Monday, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to be with us. Tomorrow, I got to tell you something. Heidi and I are going to be getting our Thanksgiving preparations done, right? We got, we got people coming over. We get some wonderful company. We got all sorts of plans. And then I start looking at the news and I'm reading all these things about prices and prices and prices. So I thought, all right, let me go to the source. Well, let me go to my guy, Tom Leonard from Tom Leonard's Farmer's Market, uh, who who knows all about this, is, is more than uh, willing to step up and, and let us know what's really going on, and I'm happy to say he's joining us. Tom, thanks for being here, man.
8: Hi, Jeff. How you doing? I'm always glad to be on your show.
1: Oh, that is too kind, my friend. We are uh, we are always happy to have you here. Now, uh, Thanksgiving is coming up. Tomorrow's going to be one week until Turkey Day, and a lot of people just right about now saying okay we got to lay in the supplies we got to get what we need what are they in store for
8: well um, if you back up last year they had the avian flu go through the turkeys they which killed a million birds right. and so the turkey prices last year were high real high and um, because there was a shortage of them and that this year they've come down a little bit they're not where they were back in 2019 but, um, you know, they're down, and turkey prices, you know, we only sell at Tom Leonard's 100% fresh, all-natural turkeys with the perfect every-time pop-up timer. When somebody buys one of our turkeys, they, they come back next year and buy it again. So we, we buy them direct. They're all Virginian. They're direct uh, right into our store, right from uh, up in Shenandoah Valley. And you can't get a fresher turkey, but we save the customers money, Jeff by going direct right to the farms and into our store, and we cut out the middleman, So we're helping out a lot in that direction. Yep. It's the same thing with produce. Uh, you know, it's an it's, it's a interesting time in the produce business because some of those transportation costs are coming down, you know, from if you are it in from California or Florida, the Carolinas, uh, uh, you know, Florida's just getting into all the big citrus right now. Mm -hmm. Instead of going through a distributor and bringing it in, we go direct right to the farms down in Winter Haven, Florida. Karen and I, who I know is listening right now, she she said, whatever I do, don't mention her. But uh, Karen and I, um, (laughs) um, we were down at Winter Haven, uh, Florida, down at the Noble uh, Citrus. And we were talking to them all about their citrus this year and all the things that are going on. And uh, so we have the direct loads coming into the store in citrus. So there's great bargains on it on that um and uh you know we have all the sides and everything but the big shocker that you know i mentioned to you the other day that that uh, you know really my eyebrows went up is the meat prices right now Mm -hmm. are uh, you know we're direct with national ibp you know they come right to the store but the problem is is that um is that the feeders who who raised the cows they were 164 pound there's 1700 pound animals they're up to almost one ninety right now, so if you translate that into a seventeen hundred pound animal, you can see the prices have gone way up, and of course all their help is way up the cost for the people that are working in the in uh, the plants, so the feeders bring the you know the the animals uh to i b p where they you know they they process them, and those prices are way up so right now we're looking at i mean I was talking to Andy the other day. We're looking at the highest prices that I've seen ever uh, with um, filet mignons, ribeyes, boneless ribeyes, and, and bone-in ribeyes. Right. We're going to have a great deal on those this year, but the filets are skyrocketing. Oh and gosh. they're, they're – Jeff, they're bringing in, from what I, I was talking to the guys at Stu Leonard's this morning, they're bringing in 100,000 less animals this holiday than they <sighs> did um, in their processing than last year. So there's going to be a shortage – you know, the prices always go up during the holidays, but this year it's, the meat prices are going to be a little bit little bit higher. I mean, you know, quite a bit higher. But um, we're doing everything we can to yeah. cut out the middleman and bring the product right in from the farms and save the customers money. And that's why we, we can uh, we could save everybody money over the holiday over what everybody else charges. And they well, get a fresher it's, it's- product.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I, I we're very happy to be customers of Tom Lemmon's Farmers Market. We talk about it all the time. But let me ask you this, Tom. So the, the turkeys were in short supply last year because of this avian flu. But if we have a hundred thousand fewer heads of cattle being processed this year, is there is there a health reason? Is there what's going on? Why you know, is that? What, the case? what?
8: What? That's a very interesting question, and I asked that. And what, what was told to me uh, when I was on the phone with the Packers today is that last year they had the droughts and the heat, and they brought a lot of the herds in early at a lighter weight. And so, uh, you know, they really took a beating last year. And this year they're, they're coming in um, heavier, and they're, they're, not, they're not bringing as many in right now. You know, you know, it takes a while to get them up to full weight. Sure. And so, you know, it's, it's like a Christmas tree. A Christmas tree grows a foot a year. So when somebody gets an eight-foot Christmas tree, that's eight years old. Yeah. So it's the same, same thing um, with the processing. So I don't really understand so much myself why they always start lightening up during the holidays, <laughs> uh, you know, in terms of processing so that right. there's, the demand goes up. But uh, I know the demand goes up, but, um yeah, we're doing everything we can to keep those prices down right now for the customers. You know, it's a big thing. Everybody's working hard to feed their families right now. And you know to, to have a great Thanksgiving dinner, we're going to be able to pull it off for him at Tom Leonard's. But we're working extra hard, Jeff, in order to really get right down to the bottom of this and, and get the product in direct to save the customers' money. I don't. I, I'll bet you we're um, from some of the big supermarkets in town. I'll bet you we're five or seven dollars a pound less than on filet
1: mignons than they are
8: this year at, over the island.
1: Wow! I love. Well, you, you, I, I love it. I mean, we love the fact. I love the fact. I think this community loves the fact, Tom, that. Uh, you have prioritized local, local, local. You've got the local farmers. You've got the local guys with the uh, with the beef and the poultry and everything else. And so it, it comes in quicker. Now, now you mentioned the the Christmas trees. Let's uh, let's jump ahead because you know, day after Thanksgiving, there'll be people out looking for Christmas trees. How are you set this year, and what are we looking at in terms of prices on those
8: trees? You know, that's a great that's a great question, Jeff. Let me tell you what we did at Tom Leonard's. Um, uh, two years, we we like Stu Leonard's, you know, our, our family business buys right. fifty thousand trees, and they primarily bring them in from Canada. Yeah. So we would buy Fraser firs from down in North Carolina, and we'd bring them in from Canada if there was a shortage in North Carolina. And we would fill it up, and we sell four thousand forty-five hundred trees at Tom Leonard's, and so they're all premium. They, you know, perfect top, straight stump, and no holes on it. But what what happens is is that The cost of transportation from Canada is $8,500 a trail load. And so we bring in seven of them, eight of them. And so uh, two years ago, what we did is we switched down to, with Bill, Virginia, down to Bottomley Farms, which, believe it or not, cuts almost as many trees as Canada. They do 1.1 million trees a year. And with the help of an introduction from the Department of Agriculture, which really went out of their way to make this happen with the Virginia Grown. What yeah. we're able to do is sit down and become, uh, you know, work with Mitchell, who owns Baudibly, but also um, the, the salespeople down there in order to be able to transfer all our trees from coming up in Canada and now be all Virginia Grown. Uh-huh. So this year we have all premium Fraser furs coming in that are all Virginia Grown, and they're uh-huh. premium grade. And that saves us about $6,000 a trailer load. Wow. which translates into a better deal on Christmas trees. Yeah. Wow. Now, the problem is, the problem, the problem is if you talk to Mitchell down there who owns it, he has 40,000 acres of Christmas trees that oh, are growing. He cuts a million. He plants a million. He has 28,000 uh, acres of pumpkins. And if you talk to Mitchell, what Mitchell says is the problem is, is getting them cut because just like everybody else, where are the people? And so you know he's he's I don't feel a problem in terms of our trees, but I think other people are going to see that there's a little bit of a shortage on these this year.
1: No kidding! Wow, and it, and so it comes back once again to labor and people who just it, it would appear uh, are, are not doing jobs that they used to do in the past. It's
8: crazy. It's yeah. it's absolutely crazy, and they're seeing it right across the whole state. This isn't I mean right really the country they're not seeing this just in Virginia or chu Pump. Yeah. this is something that is really affecting a lot of people and that um it's it's a it's a bigger thing I mean without going into detail on it we're finding i mean we look the thing on people isn't so much in the recruiting it's right. in the retention okay. you got to really spend a lot of time communicating and keeping people happy and yeah. and you know the 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 people uh, you know the people who come in and join our team now jeff. They want a little bit more flexibility. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not just like it used to be. And so, you know, we've we've adapted to that in order to, you know, keep, keep the store full of people. And, you know, we're doing okay. We're ramping up for a big holiday, although Andy's scratching his head right now listening to this on the radio. But I feel comfortable that him and Jessica are going to pull this off. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have a great Christmas shop. And, and, you know, we have reeds, roping, all of it's from Virginia this year. So, you know, we're really excited about it. And it makes a fresher product.
1: Oh, absolutely. Look, we we love Tom Leonard's farmer's market. You know that. Um, and and I tell everybody each time, you know, uh, you and Karen are, are friends of ours and, and all that good stuff, and, and we're actually coming in tomorrow to get loaded up for uh Yeah, for she is. But I'm
8: looking me... forward to seeing her. You know, Heidi's the real secret here. Jeff, you talk about being such a great <laughs> customer, but it's really Heidi.
1: <laughs> of course it's so, Heidi. Uh,
8: yeah. You know, and, and I really appreciate it. It's fun, fun to come through because I learn a lot. And, um, you know, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing her tomorrow when she comes to the store. Anybody else say hi when you come in? Uh, yeah. You know, it's uh, we're looking for a, gr- a big holiday season now.
1: By the way, what I want you to do, you need to tell Karen that uh, <laughs> Heidi announced quite proudly that she was going to pick up our little guy, Joey, at the airport when he comes back from college tomorrow. And you, you, me, Heidi, and Karen know why she's leaving like two hours early to go to the at-home store.
8: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Don't even talk about that. Don't even talk about that. I don't even want to, you know, when I don't even want to talk about that. So Karen goes nuts in there. So I don't know how somebody could shop for three hours, but she doesn't.
1: Oh, it's like an Olympic grade shopping with the two of them. Hey, Tom, yeah, I always appreciate I, I didn't know I needed that much stuff. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <Tom. laughs> that is my friend Tom Leonard. Tom Leonard's Farmers Market. I am telling you. So Tom was talking about the prices. Yeah, everybody's going to be hit with uh, increased prices with, uh, with 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 everything. It seems like. But I happen to be a fan of what he does at Tom's. It's all local stuff. You can support this community, and that's that's what I am all about. So just be aware of that as you go in. If you haven't gotten your supplies yet, you haven't gotten the food. You are thinking, oh, I am going to get the tree or the wreath or the rest of it. Just be aware. of you're going to see an increase in prices. Do you know what the average family is going to pay for Thanksgiving? Do you know what the average family is going to spend on Hanukkah slash Christmas? Uh, I'll give you those numbers in a moment. It's 516, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. We've got, uh, I think, just enough time here to uh, squeeze in one more little snippet from MSNBC no no it's okay I yes I watch MSNBC so that you don't have to it it, it's alright you're welcome uh, once again with Andrea Mitchell boy oh boy cut number three
3: and if indeed there are Hamas terrorists under the hospital that's a war crime in and of itself absolutely the counter argument is that everything has to be proportional and that these hospitals are are desperate uh, the Red Cross assures me that they deliver their own fuel. They don't contract it out, that they have never had incidents of their fuel being co-opted. They deliver it to people they know in the hospitals. These hospitals, they were, the, the amount of fuel that Israel finally delivered to Al-Shifa was enough for a half hour to an hour of what is needed to generate their equipment. So you have babies
7: dying, taken
3: off of incubators.
7: First of all, UNRWA put up a tweet at some point that their fuel had been stolen by Hamas and then they had to take it down because, of course, they're very much intimidated, these international organizations, and Hamas operatives are very much embedded in these organizations. So everybody, whatever they're saying, you also have to take with a pinch of salt because they're there. And absolutely. But remember that Gaza, even before October 7th, had four hours of electricity a day. Why? Because Hamas was sucking all the energy. Energy out in order to keep going this terror infrastructure that they had underneath so the priority of Hamas has never been its people and we're doing everything we can we're sending incubators we've sent fuel we'll continue to send fuel we cannot guarantee that fuel is not going to be stolen by I'm, Hamas
3: we were told by the government that no no fuel is going in
7: we have images of fuel going in of soldiers taking in fuel our soldiers um, are it's, constantly well, in touch gonna... with the staff of of the hospital, and it, we have even the hospital moving has people. Said that it's
3: not nearly enough,
7: but I you, let, you let's, can't, talk, let's you, talk. They're under this. intimidation. Underneath them is a whole terror infrastructure.
1: It's amazing that Andrea Mitchell, she ought to hang her head in shame. What a terrible, terrible embarrassment. Hamas uh, propaganda she's spewing forth. It's disgusting. I, I mentioned to you that I got some prices for you. Let me get to these quickly. Uh, amongst other things, Thanksgiving staples up across the board, canned cranberries up 60%, canned pumpkin is up 30%. And if you want to drown your sorrows in wine or beer, wine's up more than 1.2% and beer's up 5.3%. Christmas spending this year projected per family is more than $3,000. Wow. Okay. Coming up at 535, my friend, Dr. Sarah Kranz Cement from Friendship Circle of Virginia. What a great way to uh, sort of end the day talking about some positive stuff, the walk and roll, an inclusive activity for everybody in our community. It's 527, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. 535, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. A interesting day today, no doubt about that. Lots of stuff that we are dealing with and processing that uh, quite frankly doesn't put a smile on your face right we're hearing about higher prices for thanksgiving uh, for hanukkah for christmas uh, we're we're looking at uh, some some shortages of this some shortages of that we have this ongoing war that uh, hamas is waged against israel and now israel's standing up and saying no we we're we're going to fight back thank you very much and All of the the political fallout, gosh, there's just so much going on that I swear to you uh, will make you uh, frown at the very least. And then, and then we get something super good we get something that is positive positive, 110 percent and and no great shock it comes from my friends at the friendship circle uh the walk and roll is is coming up and uh dr sarah cran cement who is the executive director of the friendship circle is joining us because we got to get people out for this sarah thank you for being here again
2: thank you so much for having me Jess.
1: well as I've said before, the pleasure is always mine. You, uh, do a, an absolutely incredible job. So remind everybody exactly what this, this event is and, and then remind everybody exactly what the friendship circle does day in and day out, if you don't mind.
2: I would love to. And like you just said, I am certainly ready to smile. I am ready to have a good time. (laughs) I'm really ready to have fun. So the great news is that Friendship Circle of Virginia, um, our organization helps to build an inclusive community, one friendship at a time. And what a better way to smile than bringing friends together and really coming together to have a good time and feel like everyone belongs, feel like we're part of a community, feel like We're all just there to enjoy some good times, some good friends. So what we do is we pair kids and young adults together with teenagers Mm -hmm. that uh, both have disabilities and do not, and we bring them together to have fun, to have a good time, and just to enjoy being around other people and getting to know someone that you might not have otherwise met. So that is really what we do. We do it in a variety of ways, and one of them is by bringing the community together. So this coming Sunday on November 19th, from 1 to 3 p.m. at Bird Park, right near Fountain Lake, French's Circle is hosting our third annual walk and roll. A one-mile loop around Fountain Lake that is accessible to anything on wheels. So whether that is wheelchairs, mm-hmm. baby strollers. Uh, I know my son is excited to bring his electric scooter. So, Oh, wow. rollers. I know, bicycles, <laughs> roller skates, whatever it might be. Um, we are ready to have everybody come join us. And there's so many other fun things, which I'll get to in a minute. But for all the information, you can find us on our website, FriendshipCircleVA.org, and it is free. Everything we do is free, and we rely on sponsors and donors and generous support to keep that happening. So this is an opportunity for really anyone and everyone to come out, have a great time, see what we're all about, and get to meet other people.
1: I tell you what, Sarah, somebody is uh, smiling on this event. I'm just checking the weather ahead of time. Sunday looks like bright sunshine and 60 degrees. That's good walking and rolling weather.
2: Oh, my gosh, yes. Please, don't jinx it. (laughs) 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 We're very excited and we're watching it by the minute.
1: Keep it between us. So, uh, the work the Friendship Circle does is rewarding, and and what a lot of people don't understand, if you've not been uh, involved in this, you're looking and going, okay, well, I, I I get it, I get it. The you're you're helping out uh, kids with disabilities, then you're helping, you're just helping them. That's great. Well, that's part of it, but what what I have seen personally, I and mean, I know what you see every single solitary day, is that. Those those young people, I don't want to call them kids, those young people who have volunteered, boy, they get a lot out of these friendships themselves, don't they?
2: They really, really do. Actually, right now, as we speak, our teen leadership board, which is inclusive, which means that we have teens from high schools all over the city, um, both with disabilities and without. They meet every month. They help us plan events. They have their own ambassador projects. They really get a little bit of an inside scoop into both the nonprofit world, the disability advocacy world. And actually right now they are in the middle of packing our 200 free swag bags that we're giving (laughs) away to our first 200 people that show up at the event. And so they are helping out and they get to participate, not just on a leadership level, but these are kids that really stay with us. They really get to meet people. And we have seen to this day that it changes for so many of them, a little bit of the course of their life. We have some people, people that have changed their majors in school, They've changed um, what they decided to do with their life. They have a new appreciation. And we had once a great story. Um, we had somebody who came to Friendship Circle, and she did a volunteer orientation where we explain what it is, why this is important, how they're going to benefit just as equally, if not more. And she said after the event, you know, I have a brother with Down syndrome, and this is the first time where I've heard and I appreciate so much more about him. So there's so many ways that people benefit from learning about Friendship Circle and from being involved with other people in a way that they may not have known before.
1: You know, you talk Absolutely. about the the, the the leadership board. Now, remind everybody, Dr. Sarah Cement is joining us. Uh, she's the executive director of the Friendship Circle of Virginia. Uh, I was fortunate enough to spend some time on, on the board, and I, I remember different perspectives from different people. And, and one of the young women's perspective was so valuable I mean our friend Alexis who passed away a couple of years ago but I remember sitting and and listening and and chatting with her and learning so much from her perspective and things she had done and it was it was invigorating and inspiring and my gosh nothing was gonna stop her from doing what she wanted to do
2: you know Alexis one of the things that she taught us and me personally as a friend and as a mentor Um, is she really brought home the point that we hear all the time in the disability community, which I'm sure you know, and the phrase is nothing about us without us. And that concept seems to make so much sense. And it really translates to every part of our life, right? When we are doing anything and we think we have good intentions or the best intentions, why not ask the people that we're talking about and make sure that they have a seat at the decision-making table, make sure they are there and present. And so having Alexis, who is, Um, a woman with disabilities and such an incredible, strong voice um, in that community to be able to be there and give her opinion and then to find other people with different opinions, right? The disability community is is really huge. It's huge and it's diverse. And so making sure we have people at the seat at the table um, that belong there. And that's actually why we have um, both on our adult board and our teen leadership board, both are inclusive. We make sure that we have voices of the people in the community that we are trying to serve. And that's,
1: vital and it's important absolutely Sarah you you hit it out of the park on a regular basis Um, I'm always just blown away by what you and everybody at Friendship Circle is able to do so uh, again we won't reference the weather but Sunday would be a nice day I think maybe to go for a walk for folks who would like to participate in a walk or a roll or whatever give us the details one more time oh and do we need to register ahead of time Thank you for asking all the right questions, Jeff. So
2: this coming Sunday, November 19th, from 1 to 3 p.m. in the afternoon, a free, fabulous, community, exciting, amazing event um, that is just gonna be full of fun and exciting activities to do for everyone in your family, your neighbors, your grandkids, whoever you wanna bring, please join us. We would love for you to register so we can plan accordingly. I will tell you how to do that. And in the meantime, right now, we have about 400 people registered so far. And for Friendship Circle, that is huge. This is our third annual event. And so we are really excited that so many people are coming out. Um, The way to register is at FriendshipCircleVA.org. And on there, you can find all the information about the event. And if it's okay, can I talk about our sponsors who make all this possible?
1: Well, you mentioned it was free, and I, I'm, I'm old enough to know that there's not really anything that's free in this world, Sarah. So, yeah, I kind of figured there were one or two folks stepping up and helping out. Yeah, let's, let's give them a great shout.
2: I appreciate it. And you know what? We really cannot do these things without them, and we cannot do all the programs that we do on a monthly and weekly basis at Friendship Circle for our families without our sponsors. So we are so grateful and humbled by their support. So our event sponsor is Fastmart, who has been a friend and supporter of Friendship Circle for the last few years, and we are so grateful for them. Uh, We have new ones coming on this year, new patterns, ABA, UPS. We have some personal donations, the Galpern family, the Walker family, concussion care of Virginia, Hurricane Fence and Active Yards, Homey Asset Management and Property Management, the Art Factory, the Play Cafe and Party Place, Designer Deliveries, Mesa Vista Farms, and Six Wheels Consulting, which is also great. Uh, friend and company, and so we're so excited to have them on board. And I didn't mention all the other fun things that are happening. Can I mention that? It'll take us yeah, another a, a short Come
1: on, I, listen, I want to end this day, like I said, with a big smile and feeling good about stuff. So, yeah, tell me about some of the other fun stuff.
2: Well, here's the fun stuff, and this will definitely be, leave you with a smile. So,
1: if you come out, not
2: only do we have a really fun, high energy, exciting walk and roll that is accessible for anybody on any kind of wheels. Wheelchairs, strollers, scooters, bikes, roller skates, whatever you want. Uh, we also are going to have inflatables that are both accessible and climbing structures. Uh, we're going to have face painting, balloon twisting, cotton candy, Kona ice, Velcro axe throwing, and then we have tons of vendors that are coming out. Um, places like Mad Science, Emily's Bracelets, big shout out there, and Loving Acres Farms, who have animals with disabilities. They are a sanctuary, so really, really fun, exciting, positive. Friendly event. We really hope to see the community come out, not only support Friendship Circle, but bring your friends, get to learn, and meet someone else. We're just excited to bring everyone together. So please, please join us.
1: I love it. Dr. Sarah Crancement, it is always a pleasure and an honor, and you have put smiles on everyone's faces. That is my friend, Dr. Sarah Crancement. She is the executive director of Friendship Circle, friendshipcircleva.org. 545, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA.
6: You sure gotta climb a lot of steps to get to this capitol building here in Washington. Well, I wonder who that sad little scrap of paper is.
4: I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Well, it's a
1: long, long journey to the Capitol. Oh, no kidding. Tell me about it, Bill. Tell me about it. Oh. How many of us learned everything that we, uh, we know about Congress from those cartoons? Huh? Uh-huh. Uh, if we can figure out some way to do it, I don't even know how we can do this germ, but if anybody can do it, you can do it. We got to get uh, conjunction junction into rotation. I don't know what the ho- I don't know what the hook's going to be, but uh, you can figure that out. I'm sure. And um, how about Zoom and the Electric Factory? It's a little bit like being a kid again, isn't it? There's is some good stuff, but man, uh, looking like Congress will be kicking the can yet again. Uh, <laughs> what can I tell you? I, I, there's no great shock anymore. There's just no great shock. Like, all right, I get it. It's 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 just all the same. It's the like, like, like the two signs of the same coin in a lot of cases, right? I'm going to leave some of that to my friend John Reed tomorrow. John has far higher patience and tolerance levels than I do. Why? Because he's a better guy than I am, that's all. But uh, 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, uh, make sure... That you are listening to John. I know John is already focused in many ways on this uh, upcoming Senate campaign that we're going to have, right? We got a lot of people on the Republican side. Uh, obviously, uh, what's his name? Tiny Tim Kaine will uh, be the Democrat nominee because he's already announced. Uh, even after he said this was going to, wasn't this going to be his last term or was the last term going to be his last term? You know, they get there and the deal is they like it. I mean, what's not to like? Everybody treats you like you're somebody special. You you claim you're a servant of the people. You just don't want to talk to the people, and then you get the uh, the super duper. Uh, lapel pin and and the cufflinks and you go places regular people can't go and you got a an elevator that nobody else can ride on and water fountains that people can't use and that that underground train so yeah i get it. it's all that uh potomac air the rarefied potomac air but uh, john will absolutely be laser beam focused on that i know and I, i know i'll be listening i do every morning starting at uh 6 a.m. Now I want to remind you that on Monday afternoon we've got uh, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene who's joining us. That's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, she she should be able to uh, shed a little bit of light on what's going on in D.C. and uh, John McGuire, who is going to be my state senator, I think, on January the 1st, right? He's already announced, apparently, that he is going to run for Congress. He's challenging Bob Good in the 5th district. This is getting interesting. All right. I want you to have a fantastic evening. All right. God willing, you and I get the chance to do this all over again tomorrow, starting at 3. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA.